0: scoops with Danny Mac the podcast on 101 ESPN
1: can you believe it we have baseball today on Fox Sports Midwest my partner will be Rick Horton I'm Dan McLaughlin this is scoops with Danny Mac oh yeah that's right you turn on your tv you're gonna have baseball at three o'clock it is a scrimmage today exhibition game if you will the Kansas City Royals are in town Fox Sports Midwest three o'clock. That's right. Cardinal baseball is back. It starts today. Exhibition baseball, then an off day tomorrow for the club, and then Friday it is the home opener of the 2020 season. Did I say? Yeah, yeah, yep. Scott, I said that it's, right. It's Friday. Friday, July twenty. No, I got that. Today's Wednesday. Tomorrow third. I'm just trying to make sure 2020 season home opener Friday. I just want to make sure That's that
2: crazy. I, I'm i just trying to make sure you understand that. I this do is understand crazy. that.
1: I just, just thinking about, you know, like 30 days ago, 45 days ago, we're talking about labor agreements and whether the players and the owners could come together to make this thing happen. You know, could testing work? Could the players agree to it? Could the owners come together? Could they agree to it? And it all came together, and now today we're actually going to have baseball on your television and on your radio. And it's gonna happen. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's a diversion for sports fans, non-sports fans. You're sick of you know COVID 19. I am. I mean, it's obviously everything we talk about, rightfully so. It's in our everyday lives. It's affected everybody, but yet for a couple of hours, you can flip on your TV at three o'clock and watch baseball and there's no fans in the stands. It's not ideal. I get it, but still it's Cardinal baseball and that's what we get this year. And then it'll be a race to the finish in the 2020 season starting on Friday night. So... 60 games you got 40 games inside your division and then you have 20 games interleague play and an exhibition game with the kansas city royals starting today if you missed it yesterday at uh, joel goldberg who was with the cardinals uh, broadcast team for many many years <clears throat> and then prior to that he was at fox channel 2 and now working fox sports kansas city so it's the return of mike Matheny. Mike Matheny, now the manager of the Kansas City Royals. And when he was introduced as the Royals manager, he said a couple of things want to be better with analytics, want to be better with the media. And yesterday I asked Joel about, in particular, just his impressions of what he's seen in spring training, off season, and during the quarantine of Mike Matheny. And I promise, Joel's coming. What do you got, Scott?
3: It's been interesting to watch, Mike. I mean, he came in here and he talked about the things that that he struggled with in St. Louis in terms of some media and communication. And he has been beyond accessible at every moment of the day. That was true at spring training. That was true during the pandemic. That's been true now. The players have been really energized by him. Just different. And we see this so often in sports, too, that... You know, Ned Yost was kind of that old-school, gruff, tough, you know, don't talk to me. And he, a lot of the times he was just joking around. He, in some ways he was like Larusa in the sense that it was never personal, but it wasn't always easy. And to this point, it's been very easy with Mike. And we'll see, like anybody else in a new role, you, you'll always be tested when the times are tough. But I'll, I'll say that his accessibility and his willingness to do anything and everything from a distance from zoom from his home whatever it is has been really refreshing and the players i mean you know forget about us you know nobody really cares about us in terms of you know if it's working or not working are the players responding
1: yeah that'll be the number one thing winning on the field but good for mike Matheny. make the adjustment be better with the media take in the analytics um and I-, I wish Mike nothing but the best in Kansas City. They have had some very good drafts. Apparently, this draft that they had here in 2020, very good. Randy Flores had an exceptional draft with the St. Louis Cardinals. All pundits say that his draft was just lights out. But they've got a lot of young pitching coming through. In particular, I think it was last year, or no, two years ago, they signed a ton of college pitchers. And those wave of pitchers are coming through. It'll be a St. Louis flavor on that side of things. So I'm looking forward to it today. You got Mike Matheny. John Mabry, by the way, is a coach. Cal Eldred, pitching coach. And one Trevor Rosenthal, too. Trevor Rosenthal is kind of you know, redefined his career with the Kansas City Royals. Good for him, too, as he had some really good years in St. Louis. So the Kansas City Royals in town at Busch Stadium, and that'll be seen at Fox Sports Midwest at three today. If you missed it yesterday on the fast lane, John Mosellock, the president of Baseball Operations. So interesting conversation. Um, Touched on a number of topics, whether it was the roster, or whether it was just the fact of what I was talking about earlier. We've gotten to this point, the ups and downs of testing, the ups and downs of certain players opting out across Major League Baseball, the fact that, you know what, it, it didn't even look like it, at one point there would be a labor agreement. But here we are, just hours away from seeing an exhibition game, the Royals and the Cardinals at Busch Stadium.
2: I think that like the most difficult part of all of this has been just understanding what the new normal is going to be. And Brad, you can appreciate this because as a player, you you remember where you had a certain routine when you would come to the ballpark, you would maybe grab some lunch, maybe end up in the training room, maybe find yourself in the weight room, going out to play catch. But you had a a routine you did every single day. And today, a player can't necessarily follow that same pattern. And, And what I mean by that is you know, we, we open up the clubhouse at a certain time. Um, they are required to take a test before they enter, or, or at least do a survey. They test every other day. Um, they then go into the weight room if they choose, but they're only allowed four players in the weight room at one time. And so it's been this really sort of interesting way of, of like, almost think about like a symphony when you have certain musicians playing at a certain time and and then allowing others to join in and so I really believe like what Shilty and his staff and and the trainers and the equipment guys have done is create this harmonious way of doing things that's far different than we used to do but they're making it work and you know now the next big test is going to be when we actually play an opposing team because we've been able to spread out quite a bit down here and Brad you know like Having access to both clubhouses is very unique for, for us at this time. But so that whole bottom corridor has been w- something we could open up to the players. Now, beginning tomorrow, we're going to have another team in here. Things are going to get a little tighter. We're going to have to get a little bit even smarter on, on where people sit. So really focusing on that physical distancing and social distancing has been really a key part of that. And then you can also imagine, like, guys, you know, deciding if they want to wear masks or not. And And, you know, I've been fortunate because, you know, we just have great players on this team, meaning just great people. And they've been really great in in the sense of following rules and and not fighting it. And it's made really all of our jobs so much easier.
1: Unsung heroes along the way in the clubhouse, you know, for the Cardinals, Mark Walsh. He's been there forever. Andy Bollier, Ernie Moore. They are behind the scenes. They've done just incredible work adam olson of the the training staff chris conroy of the cardinals training staff i can't imagine what those guys have gone through uh to make this happen uh, matt gifford of the cardinals so the team has just done an incredible job to make this happen and get the players in get them safe get them healthy to make sure that we're at this point So the teams come in and then after Sunday, the Cardinals will go on the road. And for many of these teams, that is where the biggest test will come in.
2: You know, I will say like my sort of level of anxiety has probably never been higher (laughs) because these are things that I'm just not normally used to dealing with. And so when you ask like, like, you know, how do I feel like this is going to work or not? I would say right now, what i know is how the cardinals have been doing it and so far they've been they've been really good at, at, at following what we need them to do to try to stay healthy and safe in terms of what other teams are doing um you know i do talk to my uh counterparts from time to time and i do get a sense that everybody understands the magnitude of it but you know for this league to work or really for any league to work everybody has to have buy-in and so you know my fingers are crossed that Everybody will, and we can get through 60 games and, and have an October.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with Mo. I, I think, though, the buy-in has come. Um, now, as we get on the road, uh, that'll be the true test because I think there's a rhythm right now and a pacing to, to what's going on with guys being in their own homes and you know going to the ballpark, coming home, going to the ballpark, coming home. When you're on the road, it's different. you got a hotel, and there's going to be a rhythm to that as well. But clearly, players have gotten the message so now let's go to what's happening on the field and with the roster as we mentioned in the crossover uh the rosters have to be set coming up next 24 hours or so today Michaelis for five carlos martinez for four in this exhibition game and mo addressed on the fast lane yesterday with carlos martinez heading to the rotation
2: well, you know, this goes back to really the end of last year, and, and Carlos made it pretty clear that he would like to get back into the rotation if possible. Um, we simply told him, like, you know, you control that, and it's what you do in the offseason and how you prepare. And, and as you guys remember, he came into camp, looked pretty good, and um, was certainly going to get some innings and, and some opportunity. Then obviously we're hit with the pandemic. We go away for three and a half months, come back, And, uh, you know, we were certainly pleased with what we were seeing come out uh, of his arm and and really how he spent his time in the DR. So we're fortunate because he is a talented guy. And I think uh, giving him that ball every fifth day should should end up being something that we all benefit from. Now, clearly, you know, we don't have, quote, the the, the closer by definition in terms of uh, having someone that's done it in, in, in the past. But we really do believe we've got a lot of uh, horsepower down there in that bullpen, and we think uh, we can figure this out. KK someone that has also impressed over, uh, over the last three or four weeks as well, and so, you know, I think Schulte is going to try to manage the bullpen as best he can to create uh, positive opportunities for individuals, but, you know overall we feel good about carlos's opportunity in the rotation and we'll see how this bullpen shakes out
1: bingo carlos earned it he earned it earned it in spring earned it during the quarantine he's in shape he is in the rotation Uh, From the 618 Danny Mac Love the show Wondering why Wayno number two Instead of Martinez or Michaelis Uh, I will address that coming up With Brian Walton of thecardinalnation.com 314 Dan does the play review Instant replay still stand In the umpire crew in New York That is my understanding There is instant replay So that will start not today I don't think during the exhibition game And I'm not sure if there's three or four umpires today But uh, that begins on uh, Officially on Friday night night i guess tomorrow night officially with the start of the season with the uh, nationals and the uh, yankees uh 618 danny mack what do you think about edmund leading off and carlson in the two hole on opening day carlson is not going to be on the opening day roster that's not going to happen um at least not to my knowledge edmund i think bats second and i would have Uh, Wong leading off that would be the way I think it goes seeing how this lineup plays off and again um, Carlson I don't think is on the opening day roster now if guys have injuries or certain guys don't perform then Carlson comes up but they're going to give every opportunity the idea has been to give Lane Thomas and Tyler O'Neal the shot that's the way it's been Uh, 319 Dan, what uh, covers or tarps have been added in the bullpen and by the dugout? You'll see it today. Uh, they were putting it up yesterday down the left field, right field line, really an extension of the dugout. So it's for social distancing, especially in older ballparks. Not that Bush stadium is an older ballpark, but even in the older ballparks for sure. Um, there is an extension of tarps so the guys can sit in the seats of the stadium but there's tarps to add to the dugout so they can socially distance guys are in the bullpen some guys will stay in the dugout some guys will go where those tarps are and extends by my best guess by at least 15 20 yards something like that maybe 25 yards so they're plenty of distanced plenty of distanced between uh, each other and that's how they're doing it Okay, the key to the season, uh, interesting here from Jeff Passan of ESPN.
0: I don't think you need a good 40-game stretch to make the playoffs this year. I think if you have a good 20-game stretch, that can push you into the playoffs. I mean, we have to look at the math here, and the math is very simple. Every win in a 60-game season is equivalent to 2.7 wins in a normal season. Every loss in a 60-game season is equivalent to 2.7 losses in a normal season. So if you go on a three-game winning streak in this shortened season, that's the equivalent of an eight-game winning streak. If you go on a five-game losing streak, that is the equivalent of a 14-game losing streak. And when the math is that clear and says that much, you know the game is going to be very, very different this year and that uh, a a good start is not just uh, imperative, it's almost everything.
1: Absolutely. Get it going on Friday night behind Jack Flaherty against the Pirates. First to three, then off day on Monday. Then the Cardinals head to Minnesota. And by the way, that lineup is loaded, loaded for the Twins. They're one of my favorites to win the whole thing. I love their lineup. They just have so much pop, so many home run hitters. We'll see if their pitching can hold up. How about one of the new rules that will be hard for players to adjust to? Pedro Gomez of ESPN.
0: It's hard for them not to spit. Yeah, uh, and I heard <laughs> you talking about that before I came on. That, that's that's going to be really difficult. And you know, there's not going to be any major penalty for it. It'll just be, hey, you can't do that. Stop. You know that type of thing. Um, but it 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 there's such creatures of habit. And it's almost like a fan going to a game and getting a bag of peanuts. It's just something you do. Um and and this is gonna be really, really difficult, I think. You know, they'll only have they'll only have had two or three preseason games, so to speak, exhibition games to to kind of get this out of their system and that's not nearly enough time. Um so I, I suspect that we will see violations. Um and it'll just be, you know, the umpires are going to have to be kind of policemen which i don't think they're entirely happy with at least the ones i've talked to about that but hey it's it's part of the job description and look the umpires are just happy to be working again
1: so some of the yeah we all are some of the uh some of the rules so you're not supposed to spit Uh, A pitcher is not supposed to go to his mouth. You know, you always see a guy go to his mouth, lick his fingers, especially early in the season when it's cold to get a better grip of the baseball. Not supposed to do that. You can actually have a wet rag in your back pocket. Um, That'll be interesting. What's on that rag, huh? Hmm. Wait a minute. Gaylord Perry is out of retirement? No. Um, So not supposed to have that at least a foreign substance, but you can have a wet rag. Um, Let's see extra innings runner starts at second. That's a new rule. You got the DH implemented now across universally in baseball. That's something that's new in baseball. You've got a 30 man roster to start the season. After two weeks, it goes to 28 after two weeks. It then goes down to 26. That's a new rule. There is a trade deadline. We have a question here um, about the trade deadline. And it says, with a short season, how do you foresee the trade deadline, active or quiet because everyone has a good chance? It's not so much, at least in my opinion, about having a good chance or not. It's more about, at least to me, and I could be dead wrong about this, more about the economics because we don't know about the economics of the sport. So are we going to see fans in the seats next year? We don't know. We know everybody's taken – a hard hit everywhere for the most part in business certainly in sports so what did the economics of baseball look like next year so if you're the cubs and you've got a lot of free agents coming up after next year would you want to dump a bunch of salaries is anybody there that really wants to take them um your mookie betts you're a free agent to be what are you going to get on the open market you know, people were talking about 350, 400000000 Does he get that in the open market? Is anybody going to take that kind of salary? I'm not sure. So if you're a team that wants to trade, you may w- would love to dump salary, but are there teams out there that would be willing to take on that salary? And there might be teams, let's say the Mets, who get new ownership and have huge deep pockets and say, yeah, I'll take those t- those players on. I'll take those those contracts, potentially, maybe. You might get bargains out there. So you just don't know what the trade deadline could look like. And that'll be August 31st of this year. Six five seven eight zero seven eight zero on the uh, text line. You can also send me a mic drop, Rhino Shield mic drop as well. Coming up, we'll visit with Brian Walton of thecardinalnation.com. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mack
0: in podcast form on 101 ESPN.
1: It's a Wednesday, and we have the chance to visit with Brian Walton of thecardinalnation.com, and we tee it up in an exhibition game that you can see on Fox Sports Midwest beginning at 3. Mike Matheny makes his return to St. Louis, and the Kansas City Royals will be in town. Brian Walton, always good to visit with you. We were wondering if we would have baseball at any point in 2020. Well, lo and behold, we're going to have baseball at Busch Stadium, albeit without fans today, but baseball is back. I, I know you're excited about this. This is kind of like a Christmas morning for baseball fans, isn't it?
4: It really is, Dan. And, you know, there've been a lot of trials and tribulations, but the fact that we're, you know, like 48 hours away from the first real games that count in the last nine months. And, you know, when have we ever gone nine months without baseball? I mean, it's just a, it's such a tremendous uh, testament to the work of hundreds and hundreds of people to, you know, get to this point that, you know, they, that, That they're actually going to be able to play Major League Baseball games, and we're going to be able to watch them, and you're going to get to
1: call them. Yeah, I'm so excited about it. And I, I had my doubts, but until they told me that games were canceled, I was always positive about this. And after the 4th of July weekend, when we came out of that, I don't know about you, but when we came out of that, I thought, oh boy, you know, the testing was really shaky I think that's probably the best way to put it you know they had uh some places didn't have the the proper testing in place uh, some places were missing the testing and I thought well you know what some of the players are just gonna say this is crazy the heck with it uh, but to their credit they stayed with it and I give major League baseball and the players that have stuck with this a ton of credit so credit where credits due they stayed with it and I think we're gonna have a full Major League season. I really do, even when they get on the road. Now, we'll see how it plays out, but so far, so good. That's
4: right, and, and, and uh, just last night, Mike Schilt, you know, acknowledged the importance of the cooperation that everybody's provided and the importance not only for the game but for the country, but he also said, hey, ultimately, someone across the game is going to test positive. It's bound to happen. You know, things are going to happen, but everybody has been diligent. They've done all the right things, and, you know, baseball, like you said, we're you know, they're ready to play.
1: In terms of the game today, Mike had indicated that Miles Michaelis, at least the plan, is to have him go five innings. He was last year's opening day starter. That'll be Jack Flaherty this year. So Michaelis today will go five innings. Carlos Martinez, if all goes to plan, would give you four. Uh, What are your thoughts going into this exhibition with Kansas City today?
4: Well, this is a last chance for these two to get Uh, uh, action, game action in preparation for their first starts. The way that Mike Schilt has structured the rotation uh, in the home series, Flaherty, Wainwright, and Hudson will pitch. And so on the first road trip, uh, which will be in Minnesota, then Michaelis and Martinez will start those two games in order. And I think the idea, maybe the more experienced guys, you know, pitch in those first games on the road. And, you know, as we discussed, all these games are going to be, you know, extremely important. Uh, and, you know, getting off on the right foot at home is one thing, but doing it in unfamiliar territory, especially unfamiliar territory in the you know target field, uh, is going to be really important for the team. So they, I think they want that experience that Michaelis and Carlos uh, provide them.
1: Yeah, I, I give you credit from day one as one of the most... Uh, I think, um, asked questions was, would Carlos be the closer or would he be a starter? And you said from, from the get go, you said, nah, not so fast. I, I look at Carlos Mar- be, uh, Martinez being a starter and lo and behold, he's a starter. What, what do you think of this decision by Mike and Mike Maddox to make him a starter?
4: Well, I would love to say that I have some kind of, you know, exceptional uh, brain power that I'm able to <laughs> ascertain this stuff myself. But the reality is I listen very, very closely to what John Moselock says, to what um, uh, Mike Mannix says, to what uh, Mike Schilt say. And Schilt has been very clear all along that at the end of last year, they sat down with Carlos Martinez and they said, Carlos, we know you want to start, but here are the things that you have to do both in your workouts and in your preparation and in your mental work to, to earn that birth back. And Mike has been very, very clear all spring and all through this time that, that Martinez has done everything that they've asked of him. So while he never said Carlos is in the, in the rotation, It was very, very clear he wasn't going to say all these things publicly and then pull the rug out from Carlos at the last minute and disappoint him. That's not what a a smart manager does, whether you're managing for IBM or whether you're managing a Major League Baseball team. Now, K.K. Kim, from the moment that he was signed, he was rotation insurance. You know, we thought initially, well, you know, he might step in if Carlos stumbled. But then when Michaelis, you know, started to have arm problems in spring, it looked like he was going to step in for Michaelis, and that probably would have happened if the season had started on time. And now, you know, we didn't know for sure whether they would get through this camp if, you know, Wainwright or somebody else got injured. But it all came down to the point that, hey, everybody's healthy, everybody's ready to go, the starters are stretched out. And so, how do you get your next best pitcher meaningful innings? And the way to do that, they decided, was to take him closer, which I think is, makes a lot of sense. It's, you know, we're going to see. This is uncharted territory for Kim, but, you know, they want their best guy in those critical situations. And he certainly
1: experience. What about the fact that teams have not seen him, that he's deceptive? We saw that with Wan Oh. Do, do you think that'd be the same with Kim?
4: Well, yeah. I mean, he's got four pitches he can throw for strikes. Now, he's not going you know, to blow him by with velocity as a, as a prototypical closer, but he's a smart guy. He can pitch. We've seen that. And he's, you know, he was asked last night, in fact, uh, post-game uh, post Zoom call, hey, are you going to narrow your offerings down? Or maybe just focus on your fastball changeup. He said, hey, I'm not going to say, you know, what I'm going to do, but assured, I'm going to throw the pitches that I had the most confidence in that night, and I'm going to do my best to get those outs, and I'm not going to let, you know, what happens to me, you know, go on to the next day. So, it's clear he's already talking to people. He understands the mentality that he has to have to be a closer. I mean, Izzy was, you know, great at that, that, you know, he could put behind him whatever happened last night and prepare for
1: the next day. In terms of Carlos going into the rotation, um, you know, the Cardinals had looked at the fact that they said, hey, come into camp in great shape. You're going to have a chance to be in the rotation. Well, he came into camp in great shape, was having a decent camp. He would have been in the rotation. Then, to his credit, during the quarantine, stayed in great shape, came into camp, summer camp, if you will, uh and, and stayed in great shape and he's earned this. So true to their word, they're they're giving him this shot. He's earned this, hasn't he?
4: Yeah, he really has. And again, show sure, clear about that all along that, that they were they had expectations for him. One of the things that Carlos did was he sent Maddox periodic videos of him on the mound, you know, showing him not only, hey, I'm doing the work, but here is what I'm working on. So it's clear that Carlos, you know, went the extra mile to demonstrate to the staff that he's serious about pitching, serious about starting pitching. And, you know, again, you know probably better than I do, Dan, the importance of mental preparation and your whole approach. All of these guys are immensely physically talented. But for Carlos, it's about – getting his head in the game, and getting those 27 outs, or as many of them as he possibly can. I mean, there's no doubt about his talent. I mean, the guy was one of the best pitchers in the game from 2015 to 2017. He was selected the All-Star game, uh, you know, two times. Carlos is on, he's clearly among the best five pitchers on the the Cardinal staff, without a doubt.
1: So, Brian Walton is our guest from thecardinalnation.com. We've got the rotation, Flaherty, Wainwright, Hudson, Michaelis, Martinez, Mike Schilt has indicated on the 30-man roster, they're going to carry uh, 16 pitchers. How do you see the bullpen shaping up? You could have, potentially, Brian, by my list, potentially you could have uh, five left-handers. That's not far-fetched. How do you think this thing plays out?
4: No, and specifically, you're talking about, obviously, Kim is a closer. Webb and Miller, who both pitched exceptionally well this spring. Cecil, who's trying to learn that new delivery. And then Austin Gomber, who's who's made the team. And that doesn't even include Genesis Cabrera. I think, you know, the reason that the Cardinals are going to go with 16 pitchers instead of 17 out of the 30 that they initially said that they would probably do is simply because they don't have enough healthy options. I mean, we know Cabrera is not ready. Reyes is not ready. Gallegos is not ready. Now, there's still a chance that Gallegos could be put on the opening day roster, even if he's not completely ready to pitch, Mike Schilt told us last night. But when you start counting the number of people, you get down to the uh, Cody Whitley's, Junior Fernandez, Jake Woodford as guys who are going to make the team, maybe Oviedo as well. But we also have to remember about the 40-man roster. The Cardinals have two 40-man roster spots available right now if they use one on Whitley or Oviedo and i think Whitley's the most likely candidate they probably want to keep one ready for Dylan Carlson whenever it, it he comes up but he won't clearly not uh, open the season on the opening day roster and you know n- anybody who expected that wasn't paying attention to what uh Mike Schultz and and uh John Mozeliak have been saying for weeks and months now
1: i know you wanted to get into Whitley and Oviedo service time 60 games how this works it's it's kind of unique this year isn't it
4: Well, yeah, it really is. But the concept is the same, and that is that um, players get six years of major league service time before they become free agents. They roughly get three years before they become eligible for arbitration. But that six-year time frame is extremely important because, obviously, that's when a player's um, earnings go up, but also that they can walk. So teams are motivated to try to keep a player under a full-year uh, amount So that's one of the reasons Carlson is going to be down in Springfield to start the year. But the main reason is, of course, that they want to see O'Neill and Fowler and Bader play every day and see how they do. Um, but for, in, in terms of the pitchers, the pitchers are a little bit different. I mean, the expectation is that when Dylan Carlson comes up, he's going to stay up. He's not going to ride the shuttle back and forth to Springfield every week or two. He's going to come up and he's going to start in the outfield every day or pretty close to it. On the other hand, when you're talking about the last guys at the very back of the bullpen, a bullpen that's going to have like 11 guys in it, the Oviedos and Whitleys are there basically to to fill jobs probably until the more known guys like Alex Reyes and and maybe Gallegos and Cabrera are ready. At some point, those, and, and by the way, also in the background, the roster is going to get cut from 30 to 28 in two weeks to 26 in four weeks. And so, a number of guys are going to go off the roster simply because there's no room for them anymore. And the Oviedo's and Whitley's, even if they make the team opening day, they will ultimately get optioned to Springfield at some point in time in the year. When they go down, they have to stay down at least 10 days. That's the rules. And so once they do that, they get sent down once, they will not have a full year of service time this year. So the whole year of control becomes a non-issue, even if they start opening day.
1: In terms of the bench, um, where do you see this going now? John Mozalek said three catchers. You got Weeters. Look at him as being a backup catcher, pinch hitter. Same thing with Kisner. You got Yachty. So who else do you see on this bench?
4: I think the bench is pretty well set now. There's a lot of folks who, again, you know, have liked what Austin Dean has done this year and this spring, and he's done extremely well. But the reality is that Rangel Ravello basically is, plays the same positions, hits from the same side, you know, basically are very, very similar in, in players. And Ravello has no minor league options, and Dean does. And I don't see how there's room for both of them, even with 14 position players. Um, the, the main question is whether Brad Miller is going to be ready. You know, he, he's, he's been slowed by this heel slash ankle injury. And if he doesn't make the game, Edmundo Sosa is the most likely, again, because Sosa is on the 40-man roster you know, we, we've seen Max Schrock play very well as well, but Max isn't on the 40 man. And they're not going to want to burn a roster spot just for a handful of days until Brad Miller's ready. Um, other than that, really, I think the team is, you know, the roster is pretty well set by the guys that, that we know.
1: Taxi squad. You got three guys that'll travel with the team, be with the team at home games. What about the taxi squad? Where, where do you see that going?
4: Yeah, that's a great point, Dan. Uh, the taxi squad, first of all, does not come into play until the Cardinals go on the road. And the taxi squad are a group of three players, and they are still minor leaguers. So Not only are they not counted among the 30, they they're not, they don't even necessarily have to be on the 40-man roster, but they're extra players to have in reserve. One of them is required to be a catcher, uh, and that person, that one player, the catcher, can also stay with the team at home. So the... Taxi squad catcher probably is basically going to be like another bullpen catcher, and it could be a guy like Jose Godoy who's not on the roster because, you know, you want the young catchers like Ron Herrera and Julio Rodriguez to continue to to play regularly, and those are going to be the main catchers down in Springfield. The other two guys on the taxi squad, probably a pitcher and a hitter, but, you know, who knows, but those guys are assigned to Springfield, assigned to Summer Camp South, and they will go back there after every road trip. So those could be different. All of the taxi squad players could be different each road trip, but they think of them as just minor leaguers who are traveling with the major league team. They're not on the team unless an injury occurs and they get at it.
1: I I'm fascinated with the Springfield satellite camp, if you will. I, I'm not sure there's a better guy to run that than Jose Okendo. Would you agree?
4: Absolutely. And he's got the, the coordinators from the pitching and hitting side from the organization, Uh, Tim Levesque and Russ Steinhorn, respectively helping him. They also have a catching instructor as well in Roberto Espinoza. So they've really got all the bases covered with a relatively small staff. You know, that right now, you know, initially they're starting with like 16 guys or so, but as the Cardinals, you know, cut down the roster after uh, today's exhibition with Kansas City, and then as the injured players get more healthy, then, you know, that, that camp will continue to grow. And the goal there is to run this summer camp south in Springfield pretty much like they ran summer camp in St. Louis. And that means, uh, you know, uh, workouts, individual instructions, uh, uh, batting practice, but also some number of intra-squad games. They'll have enough critical mass of players that they can have two teams. And that's important because, again, there's kind of two benefits, two reasons to have this summer camp. One, the primary one, is to have guys ready to step into the major leagues when needed. But also, there's a number of young guys uh, like Walker and Wynn, the you know the draft picks from this last uh, draft, who they want to get some experience in the professional game and some individual instruction, which uh, you know spending a couple months in Springfield will. Will uh, definitely uh, enable
1: that. You know, people ask me all the time, "What's going to separate the Cardinals in the 60 games?" I say pitching, and I say defense. I-, I love what they're doing defensively. I love Wong up the middle; he's looked fantastic. Uh, what do you think? What What are the pluses and the minuses as we wrap it up here with Brian Walden?
4: Well, I think we, you know, we, I think you're absolutely right. It's going to be pitching and defense again, and you've, you know, you've got to hope that they have enough offense. And there's definitely concerns. About the outfield. I mean, anytime your outfielders are probably in your last three spots in your batting order, you know that's going to you know cause some concern. So those guys have got to step up in whatever combination they end up being to, to help the offense. But I think the defense could even be stronger if Tommy Edman becomes a semi regular third base. You know, we know Matt Carpenter. Uh, you know, is, is very solid. But he's not a, you know, a, a gold glove winner. You know, his arm isn't that strong. And Tom, so, you know, the defense could actually be improved with Tommy Ed, Edmund playing more regularly at third base. And we certainly know about the young and long. And, and uh, I, think, I think Paul Goldschmidt is uh, really, really overlooked in terms of the, the rock solidness that he demonstrated last season to really bring that infield together.
1: Finally, uh, what are you working on at thecardinalnation.com?
4: Well, we're continuing to uh,
1: provide information about
4: these uh, games, these camp games, both on the, the main side and the forum. We'll certainly be uh, analyzing the roster changes as they occur. And as we get more information about how uh, hopefully media will get access to summer camp uh, down in Springfield, we'll you know, have a reporter there if we possibly are allowed to. And uh, we'll be having regular reports from the satellite camp as well.
1: That's Brian Walton of thecardinalnation.com. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on
4: 101
0: ESPN.
1: Many thanks to Brian Walton, Air Comfort Service text line 65780. Get through a couple of these and then we'll cross it over with Rivs and BK. Danny Mac watched all the streaming games. What happened to the umpires last night after the first rain delay? That's a good question. All I know is that they didn't uh, come back. There's a rain delay and they said, adios. So uh, they left. I'm assuming they went back to their hotel. We came back to work and uh, no umpires. So the uh, catchers called the balls and strikes and uh, they said, adios. Um, So it was truly a practice game. So Yachty was calling balls and strikes. Matt Wieters was calling balls and strikes for the other team. And the idea was truly just to get Dakota Hudson some work. My understanding was that Dakota then went underneath, went into the uh, the tunnel, and actually threw like a simulated inning, got his pitch count up. And that's really what it's for. It's, it's for the pitchers. Now, you ideally would love to get the batters to get some live BP, but... Hudson, you got to get him some innings, got to get the pitch count up. And that's what they wanted to do. Danny Mack, love the show from the three, uh, 314. Give me your lineup. Well, I can, I think I can give you one through five pretty solid. Uh, Wong, Edmund, Goldschmidt, DeYoung, Carpenter, with Carpenter being the designated hitter, Edmond at third base. And then after that, I'm going to say probably O'Neill, Molina, Fowler, Bader. I think that would be it. I do think that would be it. Uh, I'll squeeze in one more. six three six. Danny Mack. What about the outfielders? How long uh, do they stick with those guys in terms of letting them prove something? You know, I get asked this a lot. In a normal season, I would say 30, 45 games. You get your feet wet. You have your ups and downs. Good stretches, bad stretches. Day off here or there. Um, short season race really starting in day one if you can call it that because it's 60 games. What do you think? 15 games? 20 games? So if O'Neill is off to a slow start then maybe Thomas gets some time out there. Fowler slow start. Bader slow start. I, I don't know. I mean 10-15 but you got to watch the at-bats too. It's not just the you know if a guy goes over 4. If he's hitting the ball hard you got to watch the at-bats and those are the guy. the experts have a good feel for it. You know, Schilt's got a good feel for it. The hitting coach, the the, the hitter himself. And, and also, there's a track record there. You got to give guys that have a track record longer leashes. You know, Goldschmidt, slow start. Well, he popped 34 home runs, 97 RBI. And he's been an all-star, multi-all-star. Carpenter, same thing. You know, summer camp has been really good. Different than a young player, so we'll see how it plays out. Should be fun. We'll cross it over. Ribs and BK coming up next. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mack in podcast
0: form on 101 ESPN.
1: We've got baseball today on Fox Sports Midwest exhibition Cardinals and Royals. The uh, Kansas City Royals have an announcement uh, today infielder outfielder hunter dozier tested positive for the coronavirus royals making that announcement uh this morning he will go on the injured list he's 28 coming off a season in which he batted 279 26 home runs 84 driven in so that's a big loss for them for the next couple of weeks we go to centine ribs and bk standing by and uh, bk what do you have coming up
0: yeah, well, first of all, thanks for the positive news for my Royals right before we come in. I appreciate that, Sorry, buddy. That, Dan. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> no worries. Uh, coming up today, I'm really excited about this one. We've got Scott Miller of Bleacher Report at 1130. Don't know if you saw it, Dan, but he wrote a great profile piece yesterday on Jack Flaherty. I did, yeah. And where all of his inspiration comes from. Had some really great nuggets about Jack sitting down with Adam Wainwright, with Chris Carpenter, with Bob Gibson, and just picking their brains. So I'm really excited to have him on coming up at 1130. We've got Chris Kerber coming up at noon, and you will join us coming up at 1230.
1: All right, looking forward to it. Rivs and BK next on 101 ESPN.
0: You have been listening
1: to the TV voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, Scoops with Danny Mack on 101 ESPN.